Holy moly, welcome back to You Got Got, aka Talking Thrones with Jones. I have Jesse here, and we are delighted and honored with the return of Sarah Buckholes. Sarah, say hello. Oh, hello, guys. Thanks for having me back. We are so excited to have you. We obviously are recapping the season finale of episode six, sorry, of season six. Uh, and guys, can I just start off by saying the big question for us is what's going to happen to Bernie Sanders down in King's Landing? Will he get his comeuppance? Will he just retain power? I think the... What? <laughs> what? Well, no, I'm just saying like, I just this is my opening statement. You, you're interrupting the monologue. Sorry. <laughs> I thought we were on last week. I, I don't... Yeah, yeah. So, so what... The dead guy. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I was just saying, like, really wanted to know what happens to Bernie Sanders. Does he get his comeuppance? And I think unequivocally, he is feeling the burn. Oh, oh, I see. Oh. I get it. We, we opened, I get it. We that was opened, a great setup. We opened with a dad joke. But this is, did. but this is <laughs> what Jesse continually does. He steps on my bits, but it's actually just like <laughs> this is just part of our chemistry. Well, <laughs> I, I see him cock blocking your flow. <laughs> <laughs> Nonstop. Uh, so it was the finale. I think we should we should give some 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 just overall thoughts on 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 how you're feeling as just fans of the series and book on the way they wrapped up this season. So Sarah, you're a special guest. So why, why don't you go first? Yeah, I felt I felt pretty good about it, and I don't know if I've told you this, but every week I bet in the uh, the Las Vegas Deadpool they post odds on each character. Shut up, seriously? On all the characters, <laughs> yeah, for real. And this was my biggest payday by far. Oh wow! Well, who did you bet on? Oh, uh, I bet on um, Lancel. I bet on Tommen. Tommen was out in reality. Um, he was my biggest one. I bet on the High Sparrow. Um, and I bet on Septa Olna that she didn't really, uh, we were all screaming for her death, but then Cersei just cold. Cersei's cold. She's cold. She's that's incredible. I know. Like, I'm just saying, bringing sports betting into the Game of Thrones, that just must explode the, I mean, the passion. I mean, I would say that anyone that's been listening to this pod probably was set up for a pretty good <laughs> payday. Cause I think we called just about every single one of those. Well, yeah, I bet. Uh, I bet huge. You know, I bet a whole five dollars on the high barrel, but it paid out thirty, so it was a good bet. No, but <laughs> wow! So you had a feeling that the high sparrow was going down. Good stuff. But I, I, I thought the the finale. Your guys' podcast, and it's pretty laid out. <laughs> I thought it was pretty awesome. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking because you know I've, I've seen like True Detective and Sopranos, and I'm like a huge fan of those shows, right? And they did that similar thing where they got all these sort of plot lines just darting in every direction and they never really were able to wrap it up in a way that that satisfied the fans and you know i thought that you know three weeks ago you know daenerys is still over wherever and Arya is still you know doing her thing with the faceless gods and i thought they did a really good job in three weeks of sort of bringing it all together and and moving like every character forward in some way i think we're all getting sick of like However, I seemingly was stuck, you know, this never-ending Ramsey battle and this, you know, Daenerys not being able to get on a boat and all that stuff. So, you know, <laughs> compared to, like, like I said, previous efforts, like especially True Detective, which left everyone angry how they didn't wrap it. I thought they did a really good job at the end of the year. And then the other thing I loved about it, I don't know if you guys noticed this, was just the music. Was oh, incredible they, score. They, they scored it. Oh, epic. My, my sister-in-law is a, a super fan as well, and she actually was looking at the music credits ahead of time. 
trying to understand. She she saw the, some of the songs and some of the the scores that was being done, and she just assumed a lot of people were going to die because there was a lot of sad sad music. So like, you've got more than just your wife working on your team. You've got extra family members breaking <laughs> down Game of Thrones for you. I love yeah, it. it's it's kind of she's like, oh, I looked at this. There's a lot of like piano solos in the upcoming score, so there's going to be a lot of dramatic death scenes. I'm like, okay, good to know. That's nice. a smart way in. Well, I got to get her for the for the Deadpool next season. I got to get her insights. That'll help me. Uh, My five dollar bet. So <laughs> let's let's talk about you, you talked about Cersei. I mean, there's nothing else that we should really talk about instead of her because uh, she brought it back in a huge way. Yeah, I was so I was just watching this, Sarah, and I wonder what your thoughts are on this. But like, I just kept on thinking when she was getting changed and. You know, she exploded the um, sept of Baylor. I, I just like it felt very much like when Justin Timberlake reinvented himself with his album Future Sex Love Sounds, and it just felt like Cersei back in a big way. Like, oh yeah, you know, it's like when she got her Walk of Atonement was like when JT wore that denim suit with Britney to the <laughs> exactly and then and Britney broke the up low, with him and, and he hadn't point, done yeah, yeah he didn't do anything he just got back yeah. there and then he just brought it back and like Cersei did he's still friends with Joey Fatone yeah he's and awesome. that high collar outfit that high collar outfit with the shoulder change that's like an homage to Michael also a Justin Timberlake move yeah so I'm on board with that I'm on board with this so, so we're gonna say that you know if, if Sansa had a Bieber a Bieberism this season then uh, Cersei brought sexy back JT future sex loves snails yeah. I, uh, I loved her outfit though. Like, was, I saw that. I was like, so Go ahead, Sarah. She looked so hot with that high neck. It was like that Alexander McQueen type outfit. She was killing it. I also liked that she seemed like she was harnessing um, Tywin Lannister, who always wore like the colors behind oh, neck, like, sort of right. military. You, you're totally right. She has stepped up into that zone. I also thought. The uh, waterboarding using the wine, very Cersei move. You know, you, you know, in advertising. Oh, so we, good. You know, in advertising, you know, as producers, we we see the ads and we say, you know, um, can I can like any brand could have said that or any brand could have done that. No one else in the ga- world of Game of Thrones could have waterboarded someone with wine other than Cersei. That was a true brand action. <laughs> That's so good. Maybe Thoros of Mir. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's no but one. I mean, she she brought all the swag back. I think it totally catapults her, you know, into a completely different spot going into next season. But you know, she she's back on the throne. You know, she's been queen before. Now she's just completely ruling on her own. Not sure how she sort of pulled that off, but you know, uh, essentially cleaned the table of all of her enemies in King's Landing. Uh, well, I sort of think it's she. She did that, but in a classic Cersei way, where she's totally missing the big picture. Still, <laughs> she's she's managed to isolate herself from Jamie. It looks like in that last scene, like her last sort of ally. You know, I don't know who's going to be controlling the Lannister army because she burned up Uncle Kevin. Is it? I, and Jamie seems pretty upset with her. So I I don't know. Like she. Big picture, she's like just wants the throne, but I don't think she has like a second step in mind. She doesn't see deep. No, totally. Let's talk about totally. That. There was two things that were weren't clear to me, and and, and maybe I'll ask someone smarter, uh, Sarah. Is what did that? What what <laughs> did Jamie? What, what what was his deal coming back and seeing her on the throne? You know, I think he had such an expressionless face, and usually they sort of telegraph these things in. Uh, you know, but. It was kind of hard to say. Was he like? Was he just shocked because it was shocking, and his, his other kid died, or was he just like, "What has this bitch done now?" Like, what? What, what was? Your I think point? it's. It, yeah, I took it as like, 
Well, Jamie killed the Mad... Like, all of that dragon fire was under there, not from Cersei, but from the Mad King, um, who, who... Jamie said she had, like, pits of dragon fire under the sept, and the Mad King wanted to blow up the whole city, and Kyburn, her little crony at the beginning, like, was like, I investigated that rumor, and it's totally true. So she basically did what the Mad King wanted to do, and Jamie killed Mad King for even considering it, and I think he's like, oh, man, now what do I do with Cersei? Who's gone? She did that. She went too far, I think. No, Even though totally, it was totally awesome. Like farther, and he's, farther than him raping her on their dead son's body at the funeral, or was that not too far? But this was. I'm a little. Sh- <laughs> where where is Jamie's moral the, like line in the that he doesn't cross? That was cross? consensual. The writers of the show got a little. They got a little loose with the rape last season. This season, though, the, I think they brought it back. <laughs> no, totally. And, and I think he does that when he finally gets some time alone with her. He does that rant, and then he goes, "Also, Uncle Kev." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But damn, girl, you look <laughs> good. To, but we, you look good. We couldn't so. have just told Uncle Kev. Yeah, just just tip one guy off. Uh, no. So so that was it. And then the other part that was maybe not super clear to me was, you know, when when they asked her when when the the shady dodgy maester asked her about the funeral arrangements for for Tommen, she was just like throws ashes in the pile. So is that just because, like, because, like, all the times, like, Cersei talking about how much she loves her kids and would do everything, but then this was just like, well, that that guy done screwed up. So is, is that what that meant, or is, like, that just, did I see that wrong? What is this about? Uh-oh, you cut out, Sarah. Bad cell set. Start over. Start oh, over. Oh, God. <laughs> bad we don't have editing on this show. Oh, God. It's all the way through. Senator. Um, it's been about fate and destiny versus controlling your own sort of, um, your own future. And Cersei said, you know, at the beginning, she's like, this witch told me forever ago that all my kids are going to die. Tommen betrayed her a couple of times. I've known or had a gut feeling that Tommen was going down by Cersei's hand or as a result of her actions for most of the season. I think she wrote him off. She was like, ah, he said, I heard he was going to die anyway. She was right about everything else. I think she just was like, that's it. Yeah, like totally agree. And I think that there was in the costume thing, I think there was a bit of the whole Darth Vader scenario. Like she's just embracing the prophecy. You know, she's just like, like she wasn't surprised that Tom is dead. And like, I totally agree with you. So, but she's also not smart enough to realize a very key element of the prophecy, which says that she's going to be strangled by her little brother. Right. And so the one thing that they mentioned this year when she was talking about Jamie is, is Jamie came out of the womb holding her toe, right? Which means that, that Jamie's actually her younger brother, right? So she's thinking that it's Tyrion and always has thought it was, but, but she's not realizing the one person that she left standing is the person that's prophesied to strangle her, right? So right. What, where does that fall in if she's accepting parts of the prophecy but not you know, the ultimate part that, that details her own demise? But how are you going to avoid what? your sexual attraction to the new the new Cersei. I mean, like, I'm going to struggle to strangle her because she's been wearing those <laughs> terrible flowing robes and now she's clearly got some New York fashionista tailor. Like, I'm not killing her. And I'm hoping they fast forward oh, a few yeah. months after this season so at least her hair can grow back. So she, she looks like Judy Jetson. Or, <laughs> no, the 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 other one, the, the Brady Bunch mom. That's who she looks. Her hair looks terrible. <laughs> Sorry, wrong one. But either well, way, same era. <laughs> well, I think that embracing like the badassery of it all like i think she's harnessing tywin i mean first of all her hair got all chopped up anyway but i think she's just like screw it i'm hard and i'm gonna be hard and this is how hard chicks look Uh, like a little rihanna 
you know, a little, a little queen. Yeah. Just, and while we're talking about haircuts, is it just me or was Littlefinger wearing a toupee? Like we got a little bit. Oh, his wig looked awful, or his dye job. Something was weird with his sideburns. Yeah, just like he got like a little. <laughs> so I will say this: Cersei Lannister, Jamie, they're my favorite, but Littlefinger's right there. So Sarah, I want you to explain to us. You know, we 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 called on this podcast in front of our fans that love us that Cersei and Barriss <laughs> are in, in cahoots. So it is the truth there. So what is their plan? What is their angle? Because they. They seemingly are pairing with either side of this sort of, you know, the, the, the new world order. How, how are they still working together and what are they trying to do here? <laughs> I don't think they're working together. I think Littlefinger's always been out for Littlefinger. And Varys has, Varys doesn't have his narrow scope. Varys, Varys wants to do what's best for the integrity of the realm. Littlefinger wants the throne. I don't know how he thinks he's even going to get there. He's been outmatched by Sansa a couple of times now, so... But so that's an interesting I don't, point. I don't think he's long. For, I don't think he's long for this world. So it's whoa, 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 whoa! We love Littlefinger. So you don't think <laughs> you don't think Littlefinger has more up his sleeve? He was leaning, you know, in that hall where they were yelling "King in the North," which has always ended up badly, by the way. He was leaning, <laughs> is leaning up the back like one of those cool kids at the you know at the school assembly. Like he has some more tricks up his sleeve. Like there's no way. Little thing. Oh, I thought he was just perving on Sansa. Like, well, his, just, like his, in the corner, mouth breathing. <laughs> he was doing some. Mouth- <laughs> so, so his next move is actually going to be served up to him on a platter because Sansa's pregnant with Ramsay's baby. Okay, and no one knows that except Sansa. Sansa. And what? And, and if you think about the the, the well, era. Well, that wait a sec, Sarah. Do you agree with that? Do you think she's pregnant? Um, I think it's been. I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, she said that line. She can feel what he did to her inside of her. You know, she like made sort of a heavy-handed metaphor. Yeah, and they phoned wearing again. some pretty baggy clothes for Sansa. So I mean, it, it was like I, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Okay, well, it's a fact. So let's just let's just put it out there. She she's definitely <laughs> uh, pregnant. They phoned it in like it was on ABC's hit series Nashville, where she's like, oh yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so Littlefinger doesn't know this, but he's going to have opportunity, and that's why she's just not you know pushing him away because. She needs to get married ASAP, right? If people find out that's a Bolton baby in her, that creates all sorts of problems, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. But if they think but it's nothing a, that a trip down the stairs doesn't cure you. No, no, but that's not her style. Though. Or a cup of the moon tea. That, that's non-Stark uh-huh. a cup of the moon tea. <laughs> I remember that one, but that's uh, that's not a very Stark <laughs> move to do. They would they would they would take the the hard route, and so so she's going to have to marry Littlefinger ASAP. And, and sort of pawn that off as, as Littlefinger's baby because, you know, she can't just be walking around out of wedlock with child. So so his next move is going to be right there when she said, well, you have to marry me now. Or, you know, she has to do that immediately. And so that's what I think we're going to start out next season with is, is them two ultimately getting married, which we, we said was kind of Littlefinger's plan all along. And now they have full control of the North from the Vale to Winterfell and everything in between with those two. So that's really firming up there. And then, and then John Smith, John Snow, Smith, Snow, whatever, you know, in, in <laughs> his, his, in his petite little body are, is now, you know, proof that he is, you know, in fact, a, a Targaryen and, and, and he'll probably be able to ride one of the little bitty dragons uh, very soon because, you know... That, yeah, the shortest dragon. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because of the weight limits on the bigger ones. But, uh, yeah. Oh, talking about, yeah, talking about dragon riding, Sarah, I've been dying to ask you, where are you with the theory that Tyrion is half Targaryen? 
I don't I don't buy it. Ugh. I think it's <laughs> well, okay, and well, this is from a show that has dragons and secret alliances and stuff. I think it's too complicated of a plot to then explain Tyrion's mother, who we've never really had mention of or heard of, is then like sleeping with a random Targaryen. I don't know. I still am holding on that it's Mira Reed. Because Howland Reed was at the Tower of Joy, and he's the one guy we've seen as like in his youth. That like it's still a player out there. And and we did we never did see Baby Jon Snow. We just heard the sound of a baby cry, and then it cut to a shot of his face. There could have easily been two babies in the basket next to that dying woman. Well, I don't know if there's a twin. I don't know. I feel about the twin thing, but I feel like something's going on with Mira and Howland Reed. I don't know what it is, but there's something weird there. Yeah. Totally, totally. Okay, guys, can we smash over to um, Dario and um, him getting broken up with by Khaleesi? Ugh. I just have a whole rant on this. Like, first of all, just terrible acting by her. Just, again, just unacceptable <laughs> acting. And I, I don't even know. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm going to challenge you on that. Because now that I realize, like, what that character is all about, which is giving zero fucks about anything, really. Like, friends, family, lovers... Maybe she's actually doing the greatest acting job we've ever seen with just her constant emotionless face and staring off into <laughs> space and, and really not ever delivering How lines. could you turn on me? That's like turning on that's like turning around and saying Draft Day was a great movie and Kevin Costner should continue. So, let, let's, so let's get back so to So no, the I'm really thinking about like what if she you know, they say it's 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 probably very hard as an actor to act as if you're doing a bad job of acting. But I would say even when she pretends to be a complete tyrant, you know how, like she said, um, my plan is to kill all the masters, burn their ships to the ground. That didn't even seem believable as a psycho. But back to Dario, he can't ask for a bang for the road. Like, give, <laughs> if I'm Dario... That's what we were all saying. Like, exactly. get, one, get one on the way out. It's like you're saying, you're literally the queen of the known universe. Nobody can stop you. You can't take, you know, whatever it is, 10 extra minutes to just hang around with Dario. The poor guy... He told you he loves you? And now he's oh, I know. stuck back at the world. He's a scallywag. You can't love a scallywag. I know. I know. But, <laughs> you know, it, it makes sense. You know, now that we know that Daenerys <laughs> is, the prince, is the prince that was promised and it wasn't all those other people, it makes sense that she's keeping herself a bit single and unattached. Oh, oh, oh this is another thing. Man, I'm loving we've got you on the podcast. But I don't know what, I don't know what, her, end, I don't know what her end play is, though, because she can't have kids. It's so to it's defeat like all the White Walkers. It's then... to defeat the White Walkers and restore order, oh, order to the world. Whoa, Sarah, yeah, that, but that, that shows that you're not up forever, on the latest so literature. Like, what's next? If you read the uh, books again, uh, towards the end of book five, which is the most recent book, it says something like she comments on her flow of moon blood and says that um, she can feel, like, so something like she can feel her womb quickening, quote unquote. And moon blood, how moon LA blood. of you. Yeah, and, and so, but I just read that on some articles. But like I've read a, all the books. Is that a. Moon blood is your kind of. A Westeros lady curse? Exactly, yeah. Got it. Yeah, so, but I, I think, I mean, I think the end game for her, because Game of Thrones has to kind of take everything and flip it on its head, I think that she's got to turn evil, right? Like, she's got to turn evil and become the tyrant. Like, because we don't... Who wants to see her just rampage through Westeros, save everyone, kill all the White Walkers, and happily ever after? I don't no, want no, to no, see no, that no, shit. No, 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 no. There's not a happily... She kills all the White Walkers, and then her destiny is fulfilled, and she, she's died. She's the prince that was promised. Because if you know, like, in the Valerian language, prince is a gender-neutral word, word, and it could actually be a That woman. totally makes sense. But what about... And this is the question I uh, have to Jesse, Sarah. your knowledge has really upped in the last couple of weeks. I, um, I, I, I think she's going to die in the north. 
course. Yeah, he's got a third cousin giving him daily briefings. It's it's the whole the oh, whole yeah. Jesse Jones clan <laughs> is in on this. But um, Sarah, here's my question for you: Do you think it feels like Lightbringer as part of the prince that was promised uh, prophecy? That's a lot of peas. Is is not going to be integrated into the show? Like, would you, is that your take as well? Well, I don't know. They've sort of Melisandre brought it up, and like they did that whole thing with uh, Stannis in the beginning, like when they were burning all of his generals who wouldn't convert. He like lit a sword on fire and couldn't really hold it, and like yeah. I don't know. There's been I I have I wonder if Lightbringer might be something with that sword Samwell Tarly stole from his dad's house because oh. that seems like a weird side wow. trip to like make it about a sword. Well, does that mean that? Well, so so then it seems like the two candidates for Prince that was promised we have are Jon Snow or um, Daenerys. But like, so then who would well, they G- kill? G- Jamie Lannister's also he's in still the, in the he's mix. Still in the mix. But, but well, so the, so he would kill Cersei to make Lightbringer. But like, who would they kill to make Lightbringer? Because they don't love anyone. Daenerys would kill a dragon. Yeah. Oh shit. And Jon Snow. Uh, would oh, that's heartbreaking. I think Jon Snow would have to destroy his former. Wildling lover, who's been reincarnated as a White Walker. Double death. Look at you. Yeah. No. That, that, so <laughs> she got the, burned. She's she's off the table. Oh, she she got burned. Right. Okay. That so that here yeah. that theory lasted all of ten seconds. Uh, oh, I was loving that theory. <laughs> R.I.P. Egret. <laughs> yeah, Egret. Egret was the the Wildling. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, that that's my th- thought. But I don't know. What, what do you what I, do? You think the prince? My understanding promises, is. Sarah? Do they have to? Sorry. My understanding is. Is the sword an actual sword, or is it like a metaphorical transformation? Because I thought the guy like made the sword and then it got lost over time. I didn't know if you were like the chosen one. You could just make the sword out of anything by stabbing your buddy in the chest. That that's that. It seems to be my understanding of the the prophecy. Yeah, I'm I'm already in way over my head. I depend on the Maester of Theories for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Maester of Theories would be. Well, the... I'm going to throw a theory out for you. I think Gendry is going to make the armor for the dragons. Because we haven't seen him in a while. The bastard, Rubber Baratheon's bastard. Yeah, right? yeah, he's the guy who's who yeah, the away man. from um, whatever it's called, Castle Rock. But he, his he muscles tweeted, are going to be enormous. He right? tweeted during the finale, like somebody said, "Where are you?" And he said, "Still rowing." <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, I didn't know they they did that there. So that that's an interesting theory. I want to ask about... Uh, I've got one for you. I've oh. got one for you. Yeah, so, like, let's talk about, you know, I think Dinklage had a lot of early Emmy, uh, you know, Mo coming into the starter Game of Thrones. But I think that, like, and guys, like, I want to know who you think is kind of like the Emmy nod for this season. But I have got one for you, and it's Davos Seaworth. So Davos has got... I would agree. Davos has got his... Yeah, he's got his Emmy real moment just yelling at Melisandre... Um, and, and then later telling her that he'll execute her himself. I think he realizes in that moment he's a little-known European character actor. This is his chance to deliver the smashing Emmy reel for the nomination. Guys, is, is anybody else on the cards for an Emmy nomination this year? I'm, I'm going to agree with that and even plus it up with, remember his speech to the little, to Jorma Morma's, like, uh, house? <laughs> Ma'am? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah when yeah. He, he was yeah. the first yeah, one Yeah, when he gave her the pep talk. Yeah, who the real, like, you know, Sansa couldn't bring it home, Jon Snow can barely make sentences, and then he comes in and sort of articulates that there's a bigger battle at play. So he's already, so that was another good sort I of mean, he, real moment. I mean, he even gave one to Melisandre when he's like, look, I'm not a religious man, obviously. I think he's had some good, 
He's had some good writing for him and some good lines this season. No, totally. I think the only person who is actually in contention is Samuel Tali coming in his pants when seeing the massive size of the <laughs> library that he's just received. Like he got his buddy's porno password or something. I think I think he's in the mix. I think he's we in the went mix there, guys. Purely, we went there. purely for that shot uh, alone. Um, you know, the Academy has to award that. I don't know. I think if you look at the overall body of work, I think and a lot of times that's how these awards are given, you know, people will sort of dovetail Cersei's downfall last season, getting punked. I don't know, Cersei all, crushed the old lady that, that's that's The old lady from the Titanic just calling her the worst person ever to <laughs> all the way to her, 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 her JT moment, her new black outfit. The hair's looking a little better and sitting on a throne. I think that her body of work this season was... Yeah, I like that. What was, you know, for, for a main character, it, it, I think that... She's who I would point to as the one that would get get recognition. And let's go. Let's go. One more supporting um, actor. I think you talked about it. The old lady in the Titanic. You can kill her children, but you can't kill the sass. So she's negotiating, and all these little <laughs> bitches are chiming in, and she's like, "Who the fuck are you? This is incredible stuff, by her." Yeah, she. I, I love that scene. Oh, and, and she's just the best. I mean, I. I, I, I would watch her just snark at people for an hour and a half. Yeah, let's just let's get her on spinoff division. Those sand snakes, though. I mean, they all they all are like a, a, they're the poor man's. Like tough chick from the Fast and Furious movies, that that sort of Vin Diesel <laughs> sidekick. Yeah, yeah, they were the A B, like the B C D. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, we can't get her, but we need sort of a tough, you know, racially ambiguous person to, to go in here. But what was that girl's name from Fast and Furious? Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez. They're they're poor man's Michelle Rodriguez's. All three of them. The tall one's a little better than the other two, but they're the worst. <laughs> I, you know, I was glad in a way that they, they brought him back because it was like, okay, why did we have to bear dealing with these people early on? But it, it wasn't really clear what they're doing exactly. I think. Well, I really like they slammed into fast forward. They were walking around. You just got there. Everybody just assumed three months have happened. We don't need to see Varys get on a boat, come back on a boat. <laughs> Oh, yeah, all the nerds were complaining about the fast travel. It's like, come on, nerds. It's a fucking TV show. They've only got two seasons left. I mean, they're, they're burning yeah, 10 million an episode. Let's not me. have I any like... more travels. Let's fast forward, get a little time lapse. Let's do it. Although, speaking of travel, I liked Arya not watching her fart around to get back to Westeros. I like she just showed up, kicked ass. But I would see, I really hope that she sinks back up with the Hound for a little travel around with the Brotherhood of Banners. And I'm thinking maybe we'll get her hooked back up with her wolf. Oh, Nymeria. No, totally. And Nymeria yeah. is featured a little bit more in the books. Look, look I mean... But what I, do you think... Let's talk about Arya. Yeah, I, absolutely. You know, because she's totally taken a page out of Eric Cartman's playbook where... Remember, if you, remember <laughs> the, you know what I'm talking about, Sarah, too, where he fed... Scott, Scott Tennerman. Yeah, Scott Tennerman. He fed... <laughs> he fed to his parents. <laughs> And, 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 like, and, and it's like this very vulgar, terrible scene, and it's her glory moment. But all I can think about is like the sound of Eric Cartman's voice, like saying "chew up your parents <laughs> and, and eat them." But uh, <laughs> you know, definitely not the most efficient way to get revenge. You know, to 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 make an actual English pie out of them. But uh, good for her. I, I would have liked to see something a little more original. You know, she had she she could basically sneak up on anyone at this point. Uh, but to, to go that route, it's good. She finally, she finally took down Walter Frey. That guy's a creep, pervert. Well, what I, what I liked about that moment was Frey's on her list, but also earlier in the scene, 
you see that weird serving girl not knowing it's her checking out Jamie and, like, staring at him. And I was like, why is that weird chick framed up staring at Jamie? And then I liked that she let him sort of pass because he's not on her list. I liked that. It, yeah, I, did, yeah I, I didn't think about that. I mean, I knew that there was obviously just by the framing, yeah, that was, like, going to be an important character that we'd never seen before but i totally forgot like she could have taken down any one of those people at that point and sort of let uh jamie walk on that so well and and here's the thing is like you know aya has a list right and so like my take is aya actually isn't going to meet up with any of the starks and isn't going to meet up with anyone like maybe apart from the hound because the emotional connection there but i think she is going to travel through westeros essentially as a faceless man slash woman um, and hit on her list, but there really isn't actually a lot of people left on her list. Like Cersei is on her list. Um, I'm the Mountain and Ellen Payne. But isn't is Ellen Payne alive? Like we haven't seen him in ages, right? Yeah, I think you I know. I was talking to my friend is. about this the other day. Tongueless. He was the guy who beheaded Ned yeah. Stark, and he has no tongue. Um, he hasn't been around since like season two, maybe. Um, but I have, we haven't seen him die, so I think he's still there. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think we've seen him die yet. I, I think that of all the people that she could team up with, I think uh, Brienne of Tard would be a good uh, a good person for her. They got sort of that like big dog, little dog situation going. Uh, I know you're a big fan mm. of her, but they, they also seemingly have common interests in sort of protecting Cersei. I mean, does she kill the mountain You know, again? I really... I really hope Brienne rails Tormund Giant's Bane. Oh, totally. Um, but I think, I think Arya's going to team up with the Hound, and then Cersei's going to have to march north for some reason, and we're going to get Hound versus Mountain, at, like, up north somewhere. Oh, Clegane Ball's definitely in play. Yeah, I mean, no they, yeah. They, 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 they left that one aside this year. We know it's going down. They, they, they probably ran out of airtime to do that, so that's going down. But, yeah, so Arya, Arya could go a couple different directions. Uh, the other one that the character that I hope is not gone and lost forever is, you know, two of my favorites, uh, Jorma Morma and Melisandre, <laughs> who are just walking by themselves, which I don't know where they are geographically, but it would be great if they could sort of meet in the middle a little bit and maybe, maybe she could cure him and he could. I love that. I think that that's a great. Yeah. I like that. They're both wandering. He I have some serious magic. I have yeah, a feeling we do a whole Melisandre episode of people wandering along and rowing and not doing anything. <laughs> All the wanderers together. I think I think Melisandre is going to sink back up with the Brotherhood um, without banners. You know, Thor Samir was the one she saw. She was pretty in awe when he brought back Beric yeah, Dondarrion. You know, I think she's. I think something's going to happen around there. I just have a feeling she's not going too far. I don't think. Yeah, she needs to find love. Can we so also do, can we jump back to Winterfell? Like, you know, for the amount of love I have and how impressed I am by um, Leanna Mormont on every single episode she appears in, but you're essentially like a 45-year-old gruff northern man. You weigh 300 pounds, you've got a big beard, and you basically aren't sure what you're going to do, and it takes a five-year-old female child to tell you who the king is? Great work by her. It's Great work by her. I mean, never underestimate the fragility of the male ego. And a, such a young bat girl slighting them, I think, only catapulted them into action faster. Yeah, I, just her yelling at you, saying you refuse the call. You really, <laughs> you're not going to come back from that. No, you're really not. <laughs> She's a little badass. I like her a lot. Uh, 
Okay, so we're, we're reaching that time where it's about the, the distance between uh, commuting between Boulder and Denver, so we, we need to sort of get closing <laughs> thoughts, and, and, and Stafford and I want to talk a little bit about what's next for uh, You Got Got. So going into next year, I don't know if you've heard this, Sarah, but they, the, the word on the street is that there's only going to be six episodes, which is kind of lame. I don't know if, so you, lame. if you know a, a, a uh, live day. I heard about that. But yeah, I think I heard seven we'll today, actually. For that. We'll, we'll, we'll get back on the air before the first episode, you know, whenever they release the trailer and sort of drop some thoughts there. But going into next year, any sort of like high-level predictions you want to make and then post on the internet forever so we can play it back when you're wrong or right later on? <laughs> um, I'd sort of like people to stop dicking around over the throne and focus on the real threat, which is the White Walkers. And I think uh, Danny is going to have... Uh, she, she's easily sidetracked, so I think she's going to be the one to face that before she faces Cersei. Does she um, I still think there's... What? It's going to get very cold where she's going. I wonder yeah, if she owns she, a coat. Is she the, she's the unburned, but is she the unchilled? Exactly. You know, she might need. Because she, she's going to need. Well, she's got her own uh, Tinder boxes flying with her. So. Good point. No, no shortage of there. Um, I still think something's up with Mira Reed. I think I don't know if she's. I still think maybe she's a Targaryen, but there's something something weird and something special going on with her. Um, I wonder how she's going to carry Bran all the way to the wall and then over the wall by herself. So I hope he figures out how to warg some horses or bears or something for no, them to ride. Totally. What the fuck was Benjen doing leaving a small <laughs> girl to carry a completely invalid boy? Like He's like, listen, guys, I'm fucking out. Like, Can't you take us a little bit closer? Yeah, they're still in the woods, bro. Thanks, Uncle like, Benjen. Is that his new tree? We're safe now. Like, according to this like incredibly nerdy person who I uh, I follow, the, this journalist who reads the books, apparently that's half a day's ride from the wall, according to like a book person. <laughs> like, with a dead body boy, that's going to take you like three weeks. Huge opportunity for some sort of electronic <laughs> wheelchair invention or hoverboard. Uh, I'm not sure what to tell her, but it, it, I, I don't like the North Boys or the One Direction Boys or whatever we've been calling them on the show. I, I prefer that. If, if, if I was going to say who the first person to get wiped out would be the remainder of the Starks, I guess, which is just Bran. who's yeah. useless. Uh, aside for flashbacks. Well, he's got to tell people who John is. Yeah. He's the only one with that info. He's got to, like, write a letter and then have Mira carry that, too, I guess. Yeah, I mean, what's he going to do? He's going to run into a room and say, or crawl into a room and say, wait, wait, guys, wait, guys, I become another life form and can go back in time and see visions, which sometimes I'm there, sometimes I'm not. And I actually saw that Jon Snow's actually not Ned Sar- I mean, is that is that yeah, enough I've been proof? hanging with goblins on, underneath a giant tree that none of you guys have ever seen. Yeah, actually, exists. <laughs> How how's that going to really hold up in a court of law? You know, cool. Well, so who well I think I think once I think once Bran wargs a dragon, a lot of questions will be. They'll just be oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, this guy's got some. And they'll say, if you really are a Targaryen, let's light you on fire, Jon Snow, and he'll probably just not burn or something. And then it'll oh, be true. yeah, there'll probably nice. be something like that. Nice. Yeah, that that seems to be the only way that that makes sense. So. Uh, all right. Well, what else for next year? So, uh, um, Sarah, I thought that this, I mean, this was my take as far as I understand is two more seasons. My take was the next season would be focused. This is just my guess would be focused on Daenerys conquesting Westeros. And then, um, you know, the tail end of that next season would be the real, you know, white walkers really coming and starting to smash people in the face. And then the final season would be white Walker battle. That was, that was my guess. 
Yeah, I think it's just going to be in real time, Sam reading books in the library for 70 hours. <laughs> but they, but but winter is here. I, I actually, I really liked how they did that, it, you know, because uh, when is it actually here? It's already snowing. It's like the, 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 the white doves, white ravens, white birds. Crow. Yeah, the right, yeah, white yeah. crows. Is that even a thing? The white ravens. The white ravens. Uh, that signal that winter is. Yeah, yeah. That, that that was a good. You sort of hammered that point. That was cool. Yeah, I don't think you do a whole season on the White Walkers. What makes this show great is all the plotting. And, and, totally. And I don't think totally. I don't think White Walkers really have it in them to be sneaky and. Devious. Unless unless there's whole some whole stark connection that's uncovered with the Night's King. But I, I do love the idea of having you know how you can get that new channel where you can just control all the cameras on the NFL game, so you can just watch the bench. Imagine if instead of watching Game of Thrones, <laughs> you could switch to Samwell in the library. You're just like, this scene's boring. I just want to watch Samwell. They read. could run that all off season until the new one starts and just, just have all Yeah. Time. Just Sam reading in like Valyrian. <laughs> Which which doesn't define genders in their prophecies. So he also he there. also just dissed he just disses Gilly. He's like later I got books. <laughs> yes, yes. Good luck with the kids. He's like, but all these books. I mean, she's like, but my hair's permed now. He's like, I don't know. And, and she's like, this baby weighs sixty five pounds now, and I'm just gonna keep <laughs> get that. You know, read a book about how to make some sort of baby Bjorn. You know what I'm talking about. Like, get that. Read, read a book on how I'm gonna like eat and have, live. Like, where am I gonna live, Sam? Is there a book on that? <laughs> Things babies need to survive. Uh, read that. There's probably like, yeah. I mean, what to what to expect after you've had a baby and lived in a library? Also, the maester front of house guy. Like, you're one of the most distinguished. Like, you know sex in the entire nation and that's your front of house guy he's not making you guys look good no <laughs> some are more polished <laughs> random wildling ladies with huge babies roll into you so uh, yeah I'm, I'm not into that so uh, you know I do want to spend uh, the last bit here you know thanking all of our guests Sarah the Maester of Theories Jexy Nuno and all the all the Solace. fans that just <laughs> really Lyons, Blair Williams you know helped us take the show to to another level this year. I think that you know the numbers, your wife, my wife who who wasn't on this year, but 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 you're welcome to be on anytime, honey. <laughs> oh, and I, will, I do want to thank my girlfriend. She I talked to her after the after the finale, and she said, you know, I forgot about all that jizz, and I was what? like, I was like, babe, what are you talking about? And she's like, you know, that green jizz beneath the city. And I was like, oh, the wildfire. <laughs> All right, well, now I'm going to tell a funny story. So I was in Alaska last week, and the true story, uh, I was there, and we were at sort of this wedding with a lot of local Alaskans, and I was, I was at the table with these people, and uh, I made some sort of comment about how I am a, a star on a hugely successful internet podcast. <laughs> I swear this is true. And, uh, and, and like, we love that show. And I, they, they start telling me this. And I'm like, you should listen to our podcast. And it's like, we break everything down. And I started talking about the, the, the battle of Winterfell. And, and, and they're like, wait, wait, wait. Now, now I, I don't know that part. Like, the last one I watched was uh, the one where Cersei gets spanked while she's naked. And I was like, that was last year. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, that's the last one they got on Netflix. And I was like, well. HBO is not on Netflix. What are you, what are you talking about? Like, and, the, and the guy looks me dead in the eye and he says, he says, no, the real Netflix. You call them and then you tell them what they want and then they mail you the disc. 
Incredible oh. work by them. So I was Do saying, we need to mail them a CD of the e- podcast? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, how can we? So oh, in, in yeah. a year now, when, when, when my new friends from Alaska, who I, I've forgotten their names, but uh, they, if, if you're hearing this, you know, a year from now, I, I hope you really appreciate it and, and the wedding was fun. But uh, no, so that, that, that <laughs> happened. So we don't, we have fans worldwide. I think that, you know, we've been looking at the dashboard. We have people in Jakarta, India that are listening to this, but, uh, but Indonesia, but Indonesia, yeah, sure. yeah. sorry, I knew Nikes were made there, but, uh, uh, but nobody in Oof. Alaska is listening to us right now due to the lack of bandwidth that Netflix has no streaming in Alaska, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. so what we're going to do to wrap this up, we'll, we'll do some more previews going in, but I think the next sort of milestone podcasting event will be the debut of you got bald, where we will break down the premiere of HBO's back for a second season hit Ballers starring Dwayne Rock Johnson. Yeah, can I just say that this, I was um, doing this under significant protest, um, but I'm going to give it a go regardless. Yeah, you got bald. It seems to be the most, the next culturally significant event that's going to happen out there. I don't think you can really do a a good podcast on on The Bachelor or Bachelorette because you can just go on the internet and read things for real. We need something that's happening in real time. So we'll be back. Uh, the Monday after the premiere, you got bald. I don't know when that is. And then just, you know, like I said, we, we have a lot of fans, a lot of local people. Uh, you know, we're, we're open for sponsorship opportunities for 2017. I know those big uh, cash transactions take some time to put together. So, you know, if you're a marketing executive and you like the sound of, you know, you got got brought to you by Horizon Organic Milk. You know, we're, we're, we're down to do a deal. I love that brand. Yeah, they're, they're from Denver. So if you're listening, I'm sure one person that works there. So take it to your boss or your boss's boss or whoever drives the nicest car there and let them know that this is this is a, an advertising opportunity that you may want to take take a hold of. And, uh, yeah, just send some cash our way. But, uh, <laughs> take it to whoever Subaru has the best Thule on top. <laughs> exactly. So uh, subscribe in iTunes. So you'll know that the next time we have something posted, but just want to say thanks for making this such a a huge success and being part of our lives every single week for for the last 10 weeks. God bless. It's been incredible. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks, guys. (laughs)